Ron Ananian. If you're in the business, do your job. Read the owner's manual. Explain to somebody why the oil they're using may or may not be right or wrong. But don't just come out with an argument that says, well, it's wrong. Your father doesn't know what he's talking about. Just an old worn-out Jeep. Rusty old floorboards. Hot on my feet. Just a little valley by the river where we drive. And I was high on a mountain when Daddy let me drive. The car doctor. The manual says to use a fuel injector cleaner. Mine does not specifically say so, but I decided to try one. Do you recommend this? Do you think there's actually a benefit from using, you know, one of these in the gas tank? I see benefits from it. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. It's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ronnie Nadine, the car doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here to take your calls and answer your questions. Keep in mind that 855-560-9900 phone number is 24-7. You can call anytime, day or night, leave a message. Tom Ray, who is uh, slowly becoming indispensable. Well, he's always been indispensable. Today he's uh, all alone. Um, uh, he will return your call as executive producer. He'll put on his producer hat then and um, call you back and get you in the queue for the you, next time. You want to know what happened to Mikey today? Yeah, well, Mikey had a date. Well, I get it. It's okay. Mikey, Mikey, Mikey took the girlfriend to a baseball game. Well, yeah. He thought he had tickets for tomorrow. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a Yeah, it's okay. Hey, you know what? It's 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 and who were we not to say by all means go forth. So, let him go enjoy himself and uh you know, enjoy himself. Yeah, cuz uh, uh, one day he may get married and uh, like us, uh, why should he be happy? Right, that's right. So, you know what the three stooges always said? Are you married or happy? So let's get over and talk to uh, my wife's. My wife's not listening today, is she? Okay. Let's go over and listen to. Whew, let's go over and listen to Ed in Pennsylvania. Question on TPMS sensors. Ed, quickly. <laughs> happy, happy Saturday, Ron. Great show as always. Thank you, sir. Um, Follow up question that came to mind when you guys were talking about Tom's uh, bolt in his tire. Uh, recently, has there been any? Are there any companies out there that manufacture a TPMS sensor? For those of us who have vehicles before TPMS came out, so that in the case where we do pick up a screw or a bolt while driving, we can get a basic light that will pop on, so we're not we're not on I ninety five or I eighty going sixty five miles an hour when we uh, get that bolt. Yeah, you know, Ed, there are companies out there. I, I nothing comes to mind, but I have seen them that um, somebody's come up with a way to retrofit a, a pre two thousand eight automobile with TPMS sensors. Uh, that you can do it, sure. I and you know, some of it I like, some of it I don't. I I think where a TPMS sensor becomes an invaluable tool is on a car with run flats. I'm not real crazy right. about run flat tires because it, it at least if you have TPMS in the car and you don't have run flat, the problem becomes the tire loses air, and in a lot of cases that run flat tire will hold the car up and it'll look normal. And you right. won't you you won't know for a while. Uh, we've had more than a few people pull into the shop that it's it's an older vehicle with run flats without TPMS, and they're complaining about the vehicle pulls to the left or the right or the back end sways going around a corner, and it's been like that for two weeks. And 
we just haven't had a chance to bring it in. And, you know, we go for a ride, and yeah, sure enough, it does. And basics, you look at suspension, and you check tire pressure, and the tire's got zero pounds of air in it because it's got a giant nail in it that nobody saw. And um, they're driving around with no tire pressure. And, uh, you know, for that reason, I think retrofitting an older vehicle makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, I, I I can't think of any brands. I'm not familiar with any brands off the top of my head, something I trust. But um, by all means, I could research it. We could talk about it up here on air if you'd like um, uh, to see who, you know, see what makes sense. I think my overall concern would be, uh, you know, again, quality of component. Is it going to be a kit made right. and assembled here in the U.S.? Is it going to be something from our, from our, you know, our next state, China? Is it going to be, uh, you know, where, where does it come from and how does it get here? Um, because as we all know, new means never, ever worked in our library. And, uh, you know, we're always concerned about parts we're putting in cars. So, but um, good question, Ed. I'll have to, uh, I'll do a little research on that. We'll talk about it in an upcoming show. All right, sir? Thanks, Ron. You're very welcome. You. you have a good rest of the day. Let's get over and talk to, uh, let's go talk to Alan in Wisconsin, 08 Honda Odyssey. Alan, welcome to the car doctor. What's going on? Hi, yeah. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, I, my fear is that I'm chasing an issue that perhaps Honda hasn't totally addressed. Okay. Um, with the soft brake pedal, they had the recall. Um, and that, apparently that work has been done. We had the car since new. We had the recall done. But I've been chasing a soft brake pedal ever since. And it seems the car's only got 120000 on it. Uh, it's in great shape, taking care of everything really well. Um, and recently did the brakes um, last last fall, um, completely redid them all the way around. Um, brake pedal was better then, but it, after a couple months, definitely is really soft again. And even my wife's noticing it now. Before, I thought I was just being ultra picky. Um, but she's even noticed it now and we got another fourth child and it seems a little, a little leery of it. You can, and you can pump the brakes up and make them work better, but you are constantly doing that pump thing to get a high pedal. And even last, uh, last week I did send it to a, a reputable garage and just said, just bleed the brakes, do whatever you got to do. Um, it was, I had recently done last year. I had completely drained all the brake fluid and re redid everything. Um, I'd been a mechanic for a few years in, back in the day. So I feel like I did everything like I should on there. Um, they got no extra air out of there because I felt like every time I've brought the brakes, they've gotten a little better. But again, I don't know if I'm chasing something that just is built in defect of these Honda Odysseys from Honda. Okay. So, so for a little insight from you. <laughs> so when you're talking about Honda did some brake work to it or a brake recall, what what was the recall? Because there's... It was that, yeah, that was back in 2010. It was, in, you know, that one, it was with the... Apparently, every time the car would start up with that VS, VSA modulator, it would do like a self-check. And when it did it, they said that it would, um, it, it took, you know, micro amounts of air would get in the system. So what they would do, you do the recall, they said they'd cap and basically seal off these two little holes on that VSA modular, modulator. Module. And that yeah. was their recall. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's just never been right ever since. Yeah, even because that, and that's what caused the re, you know, that was their thing for the recall. Since we, honestly, we drove this car out a lot. I've never impressed with the brakes on this, this car. Right. Um, it always had a softer pedal, and I feel like I've been chasing it since 2008 when we bought it. So, so let me ask you this. This has anti-lock brake on it, right? Yes. And you've got the anti-lock brake controller is probably the same Bosch setup anti-lock brake controller that everybody's had since time immemorial. Uh, you know, with the multitude of lines, you've got four lines. I think probably two lines going in, four lines coming out, and it's got yep. the it's got the big, roughly thirty thirty two pin connector, bulkhead connector on the one end, 
which is pretty much the same ABS controller that everybody seems to run. It's just the configurations are slightly different. So, you know, have you thought of, just to eliminate master cylinder, not knowing what's been done to this, is this the original master? Just I'm sure it's not. I'm guessing by now somebody changed actually, it. Actually, it's, it's the original master, and I was actually, I'm to the point where I was going to do it, and I was, one shop said, you know, because they said there was this issue from Honda that I, and I read some forums. I'm trying to, you know, over the years I've read the yeah. forums and I was kind of talked out of it, but I'm to the point where I feel like changing that master cylinder, you know, so well, it's original. I mean, this car has been bulletproof since the beginning. I've had it. Honestly. So, so, you know, there are ways, there are kits out there. I forget how I found it. Cause I actually went through this with a Ford expedition about two years ago. And there are kits out there. You can find that I purchased, some fittings that allowed me to block off the master cylinder and just make the master a standalone component and, you know, step on the brake pedal and how's the brake pedal? Brake pedal was good. Okay. And you kind of work your way down the line and you can do that. Okay. Um, you could also take the perspective of it's 12 years old. It's got 120,000 miles on it. Do you want to put a master in it and cut the chase? Because here's, here's, here's the rub. All right. Let's talk about all the things that make lousy brake pedals. All right. It can be obviously it can be a master air in the system, a bad master. It can be the um, distance the push rod goes into the back of the booster. All right. You know, the push rod itself at the brake pedal pivot. Right. OK. Right. And, you know, I've gotten under the hoods and are under the dashes of some of these cars. And I got to tell you, it seems like it's more common on Hondas. I can't tell you any particular model, but I seem to be under there more than you know, anything else, and I'll find that if I slowly push on the pedal and watch when it actually picks up the booster, oh, there's maybe, sometimes there's a 16th, maybe a little bit more of, of a gap before it actually picks up. It's like it's just sloppy going into the hole where it doesn't pick up the boost, the booster right away, and that affects pedal height, and there, there should be a way, there should be a jam nut. Now, you don't want to over overdo that. You don't want to overextend that and make it, make it too tight you don't want that to have contact you don't want that laying against the pedal because you run the risk of always applying the booster if you follow what i'm saying in that yeah i do actually okay yeah. and you can you can cheat and get a little pedal height out of it that way the other thing to look at is let's talk about you know is this a four-wheel disc car or is this a front disc rear drum car it's a four-wheel disc okay calipers absolutely positively have to move freely on the brackets I'm sure you're familiar with it, uh, yeah. you know, but they, they have to move freely because that's obviously how it makes its makes its adjustment. Um, you know, obviously air is an issue. And then we're down to there's only two things left. Well, three. One, it's a bad design. Two, it's a bad master. Three, it's a problem with the ABS controller. There's there's nothing else there. You know, if, if I know of no way for a brake hose or a brake line that's not leaking to cause a soft pedal. Uh, you know, I can see it where a brake hose could cause a vehicle to pull or a brake to lock on. But as far as a, a soft pedal, eh, no, I've never seen that. And you could eliminate the master by capping the lines. But the last thing I was going to say to you was at 120,000 miles, although in this case, maybe this car has got clean brake fluid. How cleans the brake fluid? If the brake fluid has any kind of dirt or contaminant in it, you know, my conversation to a customer is always, look, we're going to put a master on it first because brake fluid in this condition, I'm not putting what's probably a twelve to $1,800 ABS controller, depending upon which manufacturer you're buying it from, on the vehicle plus labor, and then going to pump all this dirty brake fluid in it. 
I'm going to put a master on it anyway. Right. And, you know, it's it's how do you want to attack it and how do you want to, you know, how do you want to call the ball here? So uh, best answers yeah, I've got, cool. brother. Um, well, that's, but, I appreciate that. And there's a couple of, you know, that's a couple, two things I was going to do is I did read about that um, adjusting nut behind the master for right, the pedal. Right. And I also did do the fluid, change it. If I do the master, should I do that fluid again? Yeah, absolutely. You can't. Well, when you say do the fluid again, what do you mean? Bleed the whole system? I did. I, I basically flushed the whole system last year when I did the brake job. Right. Now, is there, and I yeah. don't know without a scan tool in front of me, but I'm wondering if there is a regenerative bleed procedure in a scan tool for this vehicle requiring a scan tool bleed. Usually on the ABS controllers, there is, where they will they'll work. You know, GM does it, Toyota does it, Ford does it, where they'll work the little uh, valves inside the ABS controller and make it, um, you know, burp all the air that's possibly trapped inside there. So you want to check on that as far as procedure. It doesn't come to mind on a Honda. I don't think there is, but I just want to mention it before I let you go. Yeah, I appreciate it. I actually asked about that when I had that shop do that, and he said there wasn't for this one. But, okay. um, yeah. So just well, something to be aware I appreciate the information. You're the king. All right. So you, you let me know. Keep me answer. posted, brother. You got it. I will. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. Coming back right after this. Little GTO, you really look at Three deuces and a four-speed. Need advice on how to maintain that classic GTO? Ron is the guy. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. You know what's really fascinating? If you look at older cars, I was doing. I was looking at a YouTube video the other day, and they're they're showing assembly of three two barrels. You know the way they were manufactured. All those little parts and screws and tabs and linkages and seals and throttle and, and carburetor body castings and all the parts. Kept the factories working day and night and night and day, and everybody was working and everybody was making money fixing cars and building carburetors. And there were so many intricate pieces, it just, no wonder it had to go away. It was way too complicated. So let's go over to Lee in Maine. Lee, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Lee? Who, who am I speaking to? This is Ron. How are you? Ron? Yes, sir. The real Ron. The real Ron. There's only one. Uh, hey. I wanted to ask you questions before. I grew up in uh, Whitney, New Jersey. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm a little bit older, yeah, but I didn't know if I was that much older than you were uh, a motorhead or your father. Was your father in the business? No, my father was an airline mechanic during the war. My father passed in 68 when I was 11 years old. Well, you know, I grew up there. There was a three-wheelers custom club up in Marstown, New Jersey. And, right. And I, and I was always going to call you and see if you ever... Uh, but let's get back to what we talked about. Uh, what? Uh, it's not my problem. I heard your show the other day. You had a guy with a, uh, a, a GM pickup, and he, it wouldn't start. Okay. Or it would start. Now, I had the same thing. Uh, what happened to me, it wouldn't start one day. I went out in a garage and nothing. And I called the wrecker, come in. I Well, I called uh, my uh, GM dealer, and I oh, I says, I think I need a starter. You know, no, we replaced more batteries than starters. I says, okay. So I had the guy come pick it up. The guy comes in there with the wrecker, and he gets in the car, and he turns the key. He started I said, "What? Why did it start?" He said, "Whoa, the anti-theft was on." 
I never saw that before in my life. But anyway, he leaves, and I go out there. I said, let me go check this. No stock. So I take it up to, I call the record, uh, you know, uh, to come get it and take it up there. They put batteries in it, but it was always a lazy start. It'd take four or five uh, turns to start. So they go up there. They put three, I don't know, it was almost $300 worth of batteries, and it still didn't sound any better than I knew how it started. So I said, okay. So I go... Here I'm going. Are you still here, Ron? Oh, I'm still here, babe. But you got to hurry up. It's only it's only a, it's only a one hour it's only a one hour segment this week. Okay. So, so go anyway, ahead. I go down to Virginia. Here I'm going to Virginia. I get down there a thousand miles all the way down. I didn't like the way it started. Yeah. I get down there. No start. I got to get it uh, towed to a GM dealer down there. It wound up there was a. They put a, you know. A BCM I thought in it? $600, and it wound up to be the starter. Okay. Well, and sometimes, you know, sometimes the simple problems can be simple solutions. But, I don't. But, but here's, what, here's what the mechanics are up against, all right? I know. I know. I know it's all like computer stuff, and I heard, the, you know, that's yeah. what he told me. Yeah. And I remember what you were saying, checking juice to the starter. I mean, I've been around a long time. But I mean, I had it in the garage. I can't go up there and hey, hop by myself. Yeah, I'm I get go, it. Uh, I get but, it. But uh, don't. Uh, it, that's eventually what it was. It was a uh, the there was uh, a contact in the starter that wasn't contacting. I guess. Well, either that or the solenoid, but whatever. We don't. You know. You know, Lee. We don't break things down. And thanks for the call, by the way. We don't break things down. As far as um, you know, components in the starter, we get to the point of where it's a starter. Nobody rebuilds starters anymore because it's just not practical. But um, I get it. I appreciate the call, and it's nice to talk to somebody that's been around in the business for a long time. Hey, that's about it for this segment, folks. Remember, if you're like Lee up in Maine and you need some parts, check out Omnicraft. Omnicraft. Autoparts.com, they're uh, commonly used maintenance and light repair parts, uh, oil filters, brake pads, rotors, calipers, some of the electrical wheel hubs assemblies. You know, you've trusted Motocraft for decades. Now try Omnicraft. Backed by Ford, Omnicraft provides part solutions for non-Ford vehicles. Welcome back. We're on the end of the car, Doctor, here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Sean. Sean was a, uh, uh, well, I, I sort of see Sean at the shop when there's a problem. And, you know, I'm not picking on Sean. He's a good guy. I just, you know, you try to educate people in the process of auto repair and what it's all about. It's, it's you know, doing things at the last minute is just not a good thing. About two years ago, maybe two and a half, I saw Sean. He needed some brakes on his Buick. We did brakes and, you know, established the relationship. And I thought it was a good first date. And it was. And he came back a second time. We did an oil change. And we were kind of like, you know, we were on our way to the movies and having dinner together. And it was rolling right along. And the next step, I don't know, somewhere along in the next step, he got busy and he missed his next oil change. And it was closer to work. And he took it to work. And they did the oil change. and, um, And after that, I lost him. And I lost track of him, and he was kind of gone. And then about four or five months ago, he called up. He was 
at the dealer where he was getting the oil changed because it was right around the corner from work. And he needed a timing chain, they told him, and he had to put they had to put a timing chain in it. So they, you know, he wanted to know what did I think, and we kind of kibitzed a little bit. And I said, yeah, it sounds like you need a timing chain, and I guess this is what you got to do. And, um, you know, $3,000 later, they put a timing chain in his 2011 Buick Regal and, you know, whatever it had. It didn't have a lot of miles on it, 65,000, 70,000 miles. But I always questioned what his oil change religion was like. How often was he doing it? How, you know, how often, uh, you know, was he doing it? enough was he doing correct oil i you know you wonder i've got this theory kicking around in my head that i'm i'm looking to prove right or wrong in that if if you know if you're not doing enough oil changes obviously if you're if you're running the vehicle low on oil you're not doing enough maintenance it usually leads to a catastrophe somewhere well sean was no different this week sean showed up on my doorstep hey can i get an oil change now you know Ron didn't, Ron didn't just, you know, wake up yesterday. He's been around a while, and his first question is, you know, why now, why here, why me? Well, you know, it's been four or five months since the timing chain was done, and, well, to be honest with you, I started it the other day, and it's got this noise in the engine. Oh. And I just want you to check it out because I know you'll, you'll give me the straight answer, which I don't understand the logic of this, where... I wouldn't give him straight answers before, but now that I'm about to give him the death sentence, now it's okay. Now I can tell him it's a piece of junk. So, whatever. In the car comes. We look at it. Is it supposed to have more oil in it? You know, we start draining the oil out, and we get enough oil out of it. We have a, we have a container, and then we transfer that. And Is it supposed to have more than a, a, a filling a 16-ounce coffee can of oil in the engine? Is that is that like, you know, is that like not enough? So it was down, what, three and a half quarts on a four and a half quart system? I think we got a quart out of the car, maybe a quart and a half. And then there was a there was a chunk of something in the bottom of the coffee can, and I, I don't think it was grinds. It was, um, well, I don't know what it was. It was just like a piece of the engine came out of the drain plug. Is that a problem? Not for me. My truck runs. And I went through this with Sean, and, you know, I explained it to him. I said, you know, I can't tell you where this failure occurred. I can't tell you for how long this failure has been going on because I don't see the vehicle enough. And it proves my argument about I don't care where you go. Just go there on a regular basis. Don't think you're going to hopscotch and jump around and, and, and whatever money you think you're saving or whatever time you think you're saving. It's oil, auto repairs about consistency and not just having the records, but having the confidence that the guys that are doing it is the same guy that, you know, there's, listen, you walk into half the auto repair shops in this country, probably better than half. And there's one mechanic in every bunch. Somebody's got a bottom drawer of a toolbox filled with parts that, well, I didn't need to put that in that job. It was just extra. And I need to put that in that job. That was extra. And I see it all day long. Wink, wink, nod, nod. You're looking for consistency. You're looking for, unfortunately, one bad apple spoils the bunch. And I see it far too often. But you're looking for consistency and regularity. And, and, and I couldn't tell Sean what his was because it had jumped around from so many different places doing oil changes over the previous two years that it was impossible to tell what caused the failure. So don't be like Sean. You can be like Sean. He's a good guy. But don't be like Sean in terms of auto repair because now Sean's out car shopping this very weekend. And, um, 
you know, I, I told him that at the end of the conversation. I said, you know, there's only one more question I need to ask you. And he says, what's that? And I said, what color? He said, what color what? I said, what color do you want the new car to be? I said, because that's where you're headed. Why, you don't want to put an engine in this? I said, I don't think you want to put an engine in this. It's nine years old. It's got 70,000 miles on it. You're really going to put five, $6,000 in a 2011 Buick that's had minimal maintenance and minimal care to find out that, you know, what's going to go next, the trans? What else? What other problem is there? And that's also part of the equation. So just some food for thought, things to think about. You know, it's auto repair, successful auto repair is really about doing it right, but also doing it on a consistent basis. Back to that dating thing. All right. It's you're always dating and you're always getting to know each other and you're always experiencing the bumps in the road, no pun intended. And, you know, that's that's what makes a successful repair. We had a we have a a very regular customer and her 2017 Ford Escape swallowed a motor this week. It's got less than 20,000 miles on it. And evidently, Ford's got some problems uh, going on with these in that, uh, um, you know, they've issued a bulletin and they're talking about with the 2-liter and the 1.5 that uh, some of them, are they're finding coolant in the cylinders, white exhaust smoke, and uh, there's there's some issues. There's There's clearly some issues, and they're making good on it. You know, listen, things go wrong. But when she talked to the dealership, she didn't get a clear-cut answer, not one that made her feel better. So I got involved. She's my customer. I've got to take care of my customers like I would anybody else. And I called the dealer and I got the inside story and I explained to her. And, you know, after a 10-minute conversation, she said, you know, you just put it in English that I can understand it. The way they were talking, they were so far over the top of my head, I'd need a stepladder to get up there. And I said, well, that's part of what I'm supposed to do. That's part of what a good mechanic does. And the point becomes that I've seen Ann on a regular basis. I know that car inside and out. I know what it's coming due for. I know what it's had. And I know the care that's been given. And that just makes maintaining it easier for her and easier for me. Of course, you can't predict when you're going to have that bump in the road when the engine fails because of something that wasn't assembled properly, which is what I think this is going to come down to. I think Ford's problems with the 2-liter EcoBoost, the Bolton only came out June of this year, so it only came out. Uh, two weeks ago, actually, um, you know, the, the issue is going to be that I think they're going to find that somebody didn't clamp a cylinder head in place properly, that it's a, re- related to a head gasket issue or some such thing. But, you know, point is regular intervals, regular maintenance with the same guys sure does go a long way to helping provide better service. And when you do have a problem, at least if they're doing their job, they can back you up and maybe get involved with the warranty or in this case, the dealer. And, um, you know, help you and prevent you from becoming a Sean where you're on the side of the road or, you know, you're out looking for another car. Um, whole nother conversation. 855-560-9900. Ron and the car doctor. We are back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, 855-560-9900 is the 24-7 phone number. I've been meaning to talk about this email for about two weeks now. This comes to us from Dave. Dave writes in, Ron, I've got a, what is Dave working on here? He's working on a Nissan that um, uh, he had a problem with a 2011 Nissan Sentra that a problem with ABS uh, false codes. And he went out and online, he purchased Moog 512384 and DriveWorks, which is from Advanced Auto Parts 512384 for the left side. And he put in these two wheel bearings that he bought online from 
either, I guess he bought them both from Advance or he bought them, I'm not sure where he got them from, but they were online purchases, and I'm not necessarily sure they were from Advance, but they're just Advance brands, if I can say it like that. And he had the exact same fault come up, the exact same similar problem. And we kind of went round and round, and I, I verified that he was using the right parts and, and you know where he got them from, and that's when it came up about that he purchased them online. And I've got this thing about online, and I just want to mention this because this is the, this is the second or third time I'm seeing similar issues. Companies representing that they're selling a product that it's supposed to be this, but it's not really, and it looks like that brand, but it's not really that brand. And I said, listen, take what you've got, just put it on the side, just go down to a local parts house, all right? And it doesn't have to necessarily be advanced. It could be anybody. And just go purchase two wheel bearings the same, bring them back, put them in. He did that. Hey, Ron, fixed. The two wheel bearings I originally installed from Rock Auto and DriveWorks from Advanced Auto. There you go. There's the answer. We're both no good. Went to AutoZone. Got two Dural S512384 bearings. Looked in through the back of the bearing. I could see that the magnetic ring looked different. Not as deep and closer to center. Put them in, both in, and presto, car runs great. Thanks for your help, Dave. Um, you know, I've got a problem with a lot of these online companies in that I'm questioning where a lot of these allegedly cheaper parts are coming from. And it, it just makes you wonder, are they, you know, I still think there's a chance that some of these are factory seconds, so to speak. And it's just kind of uncanny that you've got two of the same part number from two different manufacturers with that fault, which also makes me wonder, are we just everybody making everything on one assembly line and we're just putting it in different boxes and it's all the same thing anyway. Uh, but, you know, once again, proving that new means never, ever worked and don't ever doubt the part you put in is is right until it proves to you that it's working and uh, it proves to you that it's uh, it's not bad, which in this case it was. He put in two you know, fresh wheel bearings from a different source, and um, they work. And I don't know, maybe it's got something to do with the fact that you buy something from someone over the counter. They know that if they're selling you a bad part, they're going to be looking at you again. You're going to be coming back, and, uh, you know, you're going to have to uh, explain to them, or they're going to have to explain, you're going to have to explain to them why that part is no good. So, but um, it worked for Dave. It could work for you, too. So just be careful of uh, the temptation of cheap parts somehow translates into a headache or a problem later on down the line. We had a customer, uh, Greg, with an 06 Explorer that, uh, um, you know, had his, uh, had his, he put in an EGR assembly on his 06 Explorer and put in a second one aftermarket and brought it to me. We looked at it and said, Dave, it's got a bad EGR valve assembly. I said, you, you got to go get a piece from Ford and, and, and be done with it. And, I heard I got an email beginning of last week that, yeah, you know what? I put a Ford piece in it and it worked. And he says, how can you get too bad from the same parts house, same brand? How can, I don't know. I just question, you know, what the accuracy is on certain parts. They just don't seem to work. Certain things, not everything, but um, just something to be aware of. 855-560-9900. Running into the car doctor coming back right after this. Here I come in my Hey, welcome back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. Let's go over and talk to Nick in Missouri. Nick, how can I help you, sir? Yeah. Well, I know you're running out of time, so I'm, I called you a couple of weeks ago. I had an ABS light on and a check engine light. And anyway, then I went on vacation. But anyway, uh, they found out that there was a, uh, of course, I had two different people working on it, so I know it's confusing. But the first person to put the uh, back sensor on, uh, and then it still didn't work. Well, then I found I took it to Ford dealership and I found out that the uh, connector 
was bad. There was a pigtail. There's a pigtail on there that plugs in. Had a broken, had a broken wire that. on the inside? Yeah, I guess. It was just short. So it blew out the new sensor from the first guy. So they put on a sensor, and that pretty well, that, that fixed that. But the check engine light, it kept coming up. I had rich, the gas was rich, and they kept telling me the gas was bad. And But here's the deal. I'm a, I fill up every other day, and I drove 150 miles the first day on, on the same gas. Never had a bit of trouble, no nothing. And then the second day when I took it back to these first guys and he got the checking for wires and stuff and the unplugged it, I told you, and it, and it ran out of gas twice. Right. Then I then I had the check engine light and had the mess in it. Well, the Ford dealership kept telling me I had bad gas, and I couldn't understand that. So anyway, they drained the gas and put new gas in it, and, and it's run fine ever since. Now, what would what would cause that, you know, on the same tank of gas, I ran a whole day, never had a bit of trouble, never missed, you know, nothing. And then as soon as he unplugged that that wiring harness twice, trying to check for power and stuff, and fuel well, pump was on there too, so, yeah, so it ran out of gas. There's there's nothing there. Gas is gas, unless they added something. If they were looking for, you know, unless they were chasing, at that point they weren't chasing the ABS code, they were chasing a rich code? Yeah, because that, that sensor, they put a new sensor in in that pigtail, right. and that fixed the ABS. The right. ABS so how do you know How do you know the repair shop? And I'm just we're just guessing here at this point. We're making educated conversation. You know, how do you know the repair yeah. shop didn't put some sort of tank additive into it um, that maybe wasn't exactly the right thing? And, well, you know, that, that I, I, I mean, I, if, if changing the fuel straightened the truck out, you know it had to be something in the fuel, right? I know, and I don't. And I, nobody put any entities in it that I, that, that I know of. I mean, right. I've, I've had both these places do work for me before, and I pretty well trust them. But I just yeah. uh, the first yeah. the first place I took it to were just kind of novices. You know, they didn't they're just trying to help me out. I would have loved but to. I again, would I would have loved to have seen a fuel sample come out of that tank. You know, yeah, just I would have too. But they, but they 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 said it smelled. It even smelled. You know, they said it was just. And I couldn't couldn't believe that because I ran a whole day on that same gas. Right, they ran any trouble. You know, so I, I guess my 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 theory is if I did it once, is it going to do it again? That's well, <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, my my question would be is how clean is the tank? Is there anything in the tank that's that's actually in there that's nobody addressed? You know, we had a customer going back probably about two years ago. Um, Cliff, I'll never forget this. He was in from Germany seeing his parents. He borrows the family uh, Mercury uh, Grand Marquis. Takes it down to a local filling station. They fill it up. He drives into the city, drives out. Coming out of the city, the car chokes and dies. They have it towed in. It's a tank that's, you know, it's half gas, half full of water. But the only place he got fuel was 23 miles beforehand. Why did it take 23 miles to work its way through the system? Depending on how the level in the tank, you know, changed, how the fuel was used, where it, where it, um, you know, where it, uh, where it, you know, finally picked up in the tank because maybe it didn't mix. So anything's possible, brother. But I'm glad you're all squared away, and I'm glad it's fixed for you. And as always, I appreciate the call. I always like to know what it took to fix a car. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor reminding each and every one of you, I thank you for being with me this hour. Till the next time, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you.